New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hey everyone, welcome to Naturally Savvy Radio. I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and Lisa Davis, my co-host, is away today, but she'll be back next time. At Naturally Savvy, we talk a lot about the physical body and physical health. For example, how food affects us, how our environment affects us, but what about taking care of our, our spiritual health, our emotional health? Today, we're going to dig deep with Leah Guy, an intuitive, transpersonal healer and spiritual teacher. I'm really excited about this, Leah. Welcome to Naturally Savvy Radio. Thanks. It's great to be here. So before we went live, I was asking you some questions and I thought, you know, there's so much to talk about when it comes to spiritual health, emotional health. I think I'd love to, you know, let's start there. What is the difference between spiritual health and emotional health? Well, that's a good question. Actually, I, I really differentiate more the mental health and emotional health, but spiritual health kind of governs everything because however we're doing here, <laughs> it affects our spiritual wellness. It affects that connection to our soul. But the emotional health is really important and it's, it's been undervalued uh, and underlooked at, in my opinion, especially in the last uh, few years when mental health has been on the rise. And emotional health is really about... Um, taking a look and being aware, cognizant, and giving attention to how our feelings are affecting our life. And as we know, stress, it comes to us in many different ways, and it affects our body, it affects our mind, and it affects our emotions. And, and de depending on the kind of stress, it affects our emotional state even more. And then we know it goes on to affect our physical body and so forth. But the mind is getting a lot of attention but the emotional part needs more attention so that we can separate uh, the, the pieces of ourself yet work holistically on them all. So the mind keeps getting, you know, a, a bad rap, if you will. Like, I can't get control of my mind. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm having all these thought process difficulties. But truly underneath that, what are we suppressing? What, what's going on that we're not willing to look at as far as our emotional, our emotional health? You know, what's interesting is that, I mean, I learned a long time ago is that there is, if there's a physical symptom that manifests, it starts from an emotional symptom that was there beforehand. So it's the, yeah. it's kind of the secondary effect because there's something going on with our emotional health. And I'm happy that you mentioned, we talk about stress. What are some other, I guess, you know, other triggers, other causes for, you know, if, for the emotional stress or the emotional issues that then manifest into physical Distance, well, you know, we say. talk a lot about anxiety these days, and actually, you know, unless someone has a true uh, imbalance in their physical system, anxiety is almost always a result of unresolved emotions. We, we get anxious because we are in a state of fear. We're in a state of being ungrounded, We're and we have trapped emotions in our system of guilt, of shame, of feeling not uh, lovable, un, you know, uh, not connected to any person or place. And that creates a lot of um, disturbance in our body and ultimately in our mind starts believing it can't trust our existence and what we're doing day to day. And it creates this anxious state. So anxiety is a big one. Even so much into like uh, skin disorders, you know, uh, psoriasis, we know that there is a physical component to it, but acne and, um, you know, hair loss and, and all these kinds of things are heavily related and can go back to stress insomnia, uh, adrenal fatigue, you know, there's a lot of conditions that are uh, made worse or caused by emotional distress. So it's 
it's really important stuff to look at and not just speak of it in terms of our mind, but to learn how to speak of it in terms of our feelings, our true, authentic emotions. So then how would you recommend that we treat these emotions? Obviously, like you're saying fear and anxiety are diseases of the mind. How would you say then would be the best way that we go ahead and help to remove those old programs, help to heal ourselves from these type of diseases or issues? Yeah, well, it's going to sound really boring, but um, mindfulness is the number one way to start on the path, I think. It, mm-hmm. We fill our life with distractions. So many distractions that we don't even know how we feel anymore, and we don't know what what happened during the day. <laughs> we just distract, distract, distract. So the the power of mindfulness, to be able to just sit and be in silence or in nature or maybe with just a really safe person in our life, and just sit and be and listen. And it's that willingness to show up to ourselves. When we show up to ourselves with this kind of very present um, being, we alert our mind and our emotions that it's okay to be uh, scared. It's okay that my mind is going a million miles an hour. It's okay because there's a bigger piece of me that is in control here. And that's that spirit self. That's that soul self. And when we can rely on that because we are in tune with it and in touch with it, then we can, I I often use the analogy of like a parent and a child. Imagine your mind and your emotional self like a child. And the child, when it's unhappy or when there's disturbances or when it needs something, it throws a fit. And a good parent knows that the, the child needs attention, they need to be heard. And usually with attention and being heard and some nurturing, the child will settle down. And it's the same with our mind and our emotions. So just being willing to sit, even if you don't like meditation, just sit. Just sit and be quiet. Sit down and shut up. You know, that's what I say. <laughs> and tell your mind and your body and your emotions that it's okay. That it's, I'm listening to you. What you're saying is real, and there's a message there. And it's allowed to, you know, to be present, and I'm present with you. And, and that emotion doesn't have to control you, and my mind doesn't have to control me because I'm bigger than these things. I'm separate from them. The problem is everyone's ruled by their mind and their emotions, and then they feel out of control because they're being ruled by the wrong, they're being ruled by the weaker link of their self. You know, we have to learn how to get into that soul self so that we can actually be in charge of our life. I think for a lot of people being mindful, I mean, let's define mindfulness mindfulness for a minute. So are you saying mindfulness is being in the moment, being present, being able to I guess, acknowledge the fact that there are things going on? Well, how would you define that? Yeah, mindfulness, it's kind of like conscious thinking. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be all zen and quiet all the time and only talk about spiritual things. That's not what mindful is. Mindful is really paying attention. It's being hyper aware of your environment, what's around you, and your inner world, you know, and noticing. Like, for example, um, I remember one day I was laying here and I had a feeling of anxiety. And it was odd because there was nothing pressing me, and I hadn't had anxiety in a long time. And in that moment of anxiety, I just said, yeah, I'm feeling anxious. Just let mm-hmm. me just lay here and feel anxious for a minute. And I, I allowed the anxious feeling. And within just minutes of that anxious feeling, moments actually, not even minutes, within moments, there was sadness that welled up in me. And then there was thoughts of my grandmother that came came forward. And then I realized... I hadn't grieved my grandmother's passing because I was in a, you know, a, a, a situation in my life where I was so busy. And that anxiety broke through to a grief that needed attention. 
And so it's just really like inner listening. And we can work with our intuitive self. We can work with mind-body exercises and practices. But you can also just sit and listen and notice, where do I feel stuck in my body? What, what, do I, what emotion do I feel right now? What's at the top of my chest willing, you know, ready to come out? Because when we don't pay attention to it, that's when you know, we stuff it in and then it comes out some other way. So mindfulness is just really um, a high awareness of what's going on inside and in our immediate external world. I love that. And, you know, a lot of the times we think or we hear about mindfulness and, you know, meditation, deep breathing, yoga, going into nature. I mean, these are ways that we can access or I guess really be with our thoughts. Now, for those people who let's, you know, who are thinking, hmm, how can I do this on a regular basis? I really don't like to meditate. And I do want to talk about meditation for a minute, but I don't like to meditate or they don't, they're not able to find that mindful place. What would you Mm -hmm. recommend to them and how to, how to attain that? Well, it's, it is really practiced. It's about unplugging something. I mean, if you don't want to sit in meditation, I get it. Meditation is difficult. It's also scary. We're, we're very afraid of what we're going to find <laughs> inside, you know, so it can be scary. Um, but just in simple ways, you know, a lot of people, again, going back to those distractions, maybe before work, instead of listening to the morning news, uh, just spend a few minutes having your tea or coffee while you're getting ready for work. It's silent. Um, sitting outside, for three minutes, you know, set a timer just for three minutes and stare at a beautiful plant or a flower and just investigate mm, it. You know, that. these, yeah, just simple little things that we can do that get us connected. And that's what it's about. It's about connection. The problem that we're all having is everyone's trying to disconnect from everything and just zoom through life uh, disconnected and fragmented. And then all of a sudden we're dissociated. And now we really have mental issues because we don't even know ourselves anymore. If you don't want to think about it as mindfulness, think about it as connection. Put your hand on concrete and really feel the concrete. When you hug someone, really be mindful or connect how you're connecting with that person. Even reading a book or something online, uh, taking the time to look at each word and connect to the author, connect to the words. And that's a way that we can make it more real. Just get connected. Get connected with your body, you know. And that is what's wonderful about meditation. But you don't have to sit in lotus position to figure this out, you know. It's, it's really about connection. And then eventually, you're going to feel more connected to yourself. I think a really good tip for some people, I mean, deep breathing, the benefits are endless. And I think just even doing that, just deep breathing throughout the day and setting little reminders on your phone and your calendar, yes. breathe, breathe, breathe. Because yes. we really, we forget mm-hmm. to breathe, right? And I think just being in touch. And when you're doing those, that deep breathing, and it only takes seconds, then you're becoming more mindful and you're just taking a second to relax and just be in that moment. And so I think, you know, yeah. little things, like you said, and I agree with you, it, it doesn't is. have to be a whole yeah. 20 minute thing, right? <laughs> no, I mean, on Instagram, every Monday, we do a Monday mantra. And this past Monday, it was actually be still and breathe, you know, and, and it, mm-hmm. it gets that fundamental. And like what you just said, it's very powerful for the body. It changes the whole energy of the body and your mind and your body, your muscles and everything. And all you have to do is just, just take a moment to be still and be a reminder of this connection, a reminder of intention, a reminder of mindfulness or whatever, or just be still and breathe or sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Sit down and shut up. All right. Let's talk about post-traumatic emotional disorder. What is that and who has it? Well, we all have it to some degree. It's, it's a term that I coined um, in response to PTSD, which a lot of us are familiar with, the post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress disorder. Post-traumatic, yeah. And post-traumatic stress disorder, as we know, comes from usually really traumatic and heavy or shocking events that happen 
um, whether it be war or some assault or, you know, situations like that. And um, in my work, what I recognize is that most of us, if I dare say all of us, have similar symptoms to PTSD, but it's more like a low-grade fever. You know, it's more like a everyday smaller amounts of these uh, this triggers and stress that correspond to events in our life, whether it be childhood or, you know, two weeks ago. So post-traumatic emotional disorder, it's, it's, um, it's something that we can be aware of. Again, the symptoms that come forward are usually physical or mental symptoms that um, alert us and inform us that something's not quite resolved inside our, our body, our mind, and our emotions. So it's really like, you know, uncovering trauma or maybe even being bullied or uh, being embarrassed when we were 10, 12, 15, 20, and not knowing how at that point in our emotional immaturity, how to deal with that or process it or heal from that and strengthen ourselves. And it just kind of gets put down somewhere in our being. And then 10 years later, we get triggered by a perfume smell or by a phrase or by somebody looking at us a certain way. And that's what I call post-traumatic emotional disorder. Again, it's alarm bells. It's signals that, hey, we still have a little work to do here. And it's okay. You know, it doesn't mean we're bad. There's no judgment. It's just recognizing and being aware of, ah, okay, this relates, you know, somewhere in my being because that uh, remark on the corner of the street shouldn't be enough to send me into a rageful fit, you know. (laughs) But it becomes Mm -hmm. that because we haven't dealt with, the anger or the upset or disappointment that we've felt for 15, 20 years. I love that you said that because a lot of the times when we react so strongly to somebody else, right? So whether it's something, like you said, something somebody said or a smell or whatever it is, it's to take a look at ourselves and go, whoa, wait a second. That was a crazy reaction for the situation that just happened. And looking at ourselves is key. And I think for so many of us, we don't look at ourselves, right? We don't take that self-responsibility. And for those of you who are listening, I think that is such an important point is that taking that self-responsibility and acknowledging that, wait a second, I have work to do. And it's okay. Like you said, you know, I mean, we all, we're all a work in progress. It's a journey. We're on the journey of life, right? (laughs) Yes. And you know, I always talk about emotional maturity. It takes a long time to develop emotional maturity. And as we do that, then it's, the less we blame others and the less that everything Mm -hmm. becomes about something else or someone else. And we can own that even though this may have started when I was five years old, the truth is, is that right now I feel ashamed of myself. And how can I work Mm -hmm. with that shame inside myself right now? Because that's my work to do. That's not, you know, uh, Aunt Sally's work anymore. This is my work. And, And that's where we really start the ability to shift and change our life and move into a more whole and integrated place of happiness and peace and relational, you know, issues with other people in new ways. So I, I do love it. And we're all, we are all growing and maturing every day and with every experience. And that's what it needs to be about. You know, Leah, maybe can you share a personal story of your own? You know, we all get into doing certain things because of experiences in our lives. What led you to become that modern sage to do the work that you're doing? Well, it was a series of things, like like all life. It all kind of um, compounds and snowballs together. But when I was young, I had several things that transformed my experience of uh, awareness and living. And the last one, I was uh, sexually assaulted. I was raped. 
And prior to that, I had had an aunt that was murdered. I went through, you know, my parents' divorce. I endured an eating disorder from this emotional sense of void in my life. And so when, when the sexual assault came and trying to learn how to be okay, to not feel like I didn't want to be in this body and life anymore, trying to heal, I discovered that there was so much more to the healing process than just taking a pill and trying to move on, you know, and to the, to the point where that whole letting go phrase, I talk about it a lot in the book. It's one of my least favorite phrases in the world because it's causing so much damage for people in my estimation The you know, when things happen to us, whether it's really traumatic things, like I just mentioned, or just being broken up with, you know, from someone that you love, these pains and traumas are real and they need attention, and they need nurturing, and they need us to be present and show up for them to heal and to process into uh, different emotions in our life. And so the detachment and the letting go and the take this and do this and just talk it out mm-hmm. and time will heal and all these kinds of phrases that we, we are bombarded with is doing damage because it's just causing fragmentation and detachment from ourselves, actually, from our own wounds. And it's, it's not healthy or healing. So um, my, my path to, to becoming a healer and to becoming uh, hopefully inspiration for other people was really uh, on the path of finding that healing for myself, which included everything from body work and nutrition and uh, you know, meditation and energy healing. I really believe in the holistic approach, which is equal time and energy to our mind and to our body and to our spirit. And without mm-hmm. that, I think it's hard to become whole again. So I'm, I'm fanatical about it, just as much for the nutritional side of it as I am for the spiritual side of it. You know, I think they, they're both fundamentally important and uh, the mind and the emotions as well. So that's, that's kind of what brought me here. And I see that a lot of people's journeys aren't that much different than my own. It's just the story is different, you know, and we need to help each other of how to become whole again and not, not how to separate and disconnect from our pains. That's, there's no healing there. Oh, I absolutely agree. And, you know, in dealing with it, and for a lot of us, dealing with it is very scary. We don't want to go back to that place. We don't want to be in that right. anxious spot or that negative spot, right? And the, But doing the work, like we always say, is doing the work, it, it, it's hard work. And it does take a lot of, you know, it does take, and sometimes it brings you back to some places you don't want to go. But I guess I'm going to ask you this question, doing that work, how does it help somebody heal? Well, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like going back into and therapizing about everything that happened. I think we do have to get back into it to find the broken parts and then to accept some of that, those broken parts of the wound. But when we are, again, when we're able to accept the reality. There is a shift that happens in our mind and in our bodies and in our gut and that core piece of who we are that accepts that we are whole and fine and good and and valuable, even though someone or something has tried to chip away at us. You know, that's part of our wholeness. It's not part of the deficit in us. And so when we can really accept that and speak of it, and um, not let it, not be in, in cower in defense of these things, but instead use the experience to build our strength so we can show up to ourselves. Now we have this, a, a strength and a wholeness 
even beyond where we were before the trauma or the incident or the pain. So it's, it's a different mindset, but this mindset is really towards um, reintegrating and connecting the heart to the body, the heart to the soul, and the heart to oneself in that heart space, that compassion is active. Peace is not passive. We're, we're, we need to be um, in the game of life, not running from it or hiding from it or detaching from it. And when you're in and you're whole and you're present carrying all your stuff with you and actually honoring it and being grateful for it, it changes the whole dynamic of your energy and your mind. So there's no real, um, there's no quick fix, but actually when you get to that place of that acceptance, it is like a light switch goes off and it does, it can change and transform your world. And that's what the book hopefully is helping people to get to this realization to turn that light switch on, you know, as much as anything. And could you tell us what the name of the book is? It's called The Fearless Path, A Radical Awakening to Emotional Health and Inner Peace. Hmm. And where can people find that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. Um, If it's not in your local bookstore, you can ask and they'll get it in very soon. But you can certainly find it online or on my website, which is modernsage.com or leahguy.com. You mentioned you're on Instagram too. What's your Instagram handle? The Modern Sage. The Modern Sage. Awesome. So we'll make yeah. sure we're following yeah. you. And for those who are listening, you could follow Leah as well. Well, Leah, thank you. That was very inspirational. And uh, I appreciate you coming on our show and sharing your wisdom with us. And I do also want to give a special thanks to Naturally Savvy Sponsor this month at Goddess Garden. Now that the sun is shining, we need our sunscreen. So thank you, Goddess Garden, for making great sunscreen, chemical-free sunscreen. So Leah, you're talking about You know, the food we're eating, we're talking about our spiritual health, but also what we put on our skin is important as well, especially, you know, for all of our kids running around and lathering up with that sunscreen. So please visit goddessgarden.com to learn more. Leah, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you. It was great. I'm Andrea Donsky, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Radio MD, and at Health Media Gal 1. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well. Have a great day.